<laughs> the one that put the workshops together. And um, so what we're going to do now, first of all, thank you very, very much all for coming and participating in the breakout groups. Um, what? Okay. Thank you. Um, so what we're going to do now and again this afternoon is have members who have chosen and decided to be the spokesperson for their individual breakout groups. And they will share briefly on what was um, gathered and taken into heart and soul from their meetings and what was shared. And um, we'll just, uh, I think, maybe just kind of do this. I can do I'll be the one to choose. Okay. Um, I'll just go down the list. Um, our almond person, if you would come up and share. Hi, I'm Mary Bell, a very grateful member of Al-Anon and also a double winner. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Uh, good to be here today. Uh, we were uh, part of Chapter 2, A Solid Foundation. And these are just thoughts from the uh, group. Do I make choices for myself? How do I react negatively with fear and shut down? Do I take the 28 seconds to think about this? Is this my business? Do I use the 28 seconds to think? Is this my business? Uh I lost all my excitement for life, all activities for me before Al-Anon, trusting other women, my God, and then finally myself. Don't believe everything I think. (laughs) Self-trust, honesty with myself, with my choices, Uh, what to put out there, what I choose to share, faith and trust in my God, and what do I need to learn from maybe something that didn't work out the way I wanted it to work. Uh, Judging others and make sure I'm not still doing those pre-recovery traits. Possibly do I need to communicate my feelings about this. Uh, any healthy relationship needs trust, taking time to think things through, maybe even do a preparation before I open my mouth, treat the other person as I would like to be treated. Oh, we've heard that since childhood, but how many of us are capable of doing it? Do I ask for what I need and want, or is my fear of rejection or being dismissed or being squelched or shamed and not saying how I felt because of my dishonesty about what I'm feeling? Being direct about what is right for me. Do I shut down because of fears of other people, or do I do 
what I need to do for me despite my fears. Do I just survive or am I learning in Al-Anon how to thrive? Thank you all. <laughs> okay, the next person will be from the truffle group. Truffle on up here. Do we have a truffle? No? Do we have a toffee? All right, toffee lady, come on up. <laughs> Hi, I'm Claudia, and I'm uh, one of the people here from Kansas City. And I'm the driver, so I get to be in control and run things. Um, and uh, I belong to the Smithfield group. We meet on Tuesday evenings and Friday noons, and we are going to have a sixth anniversary party on the 22nd, and any of you would be welcome to come. Um, let's, let's, let's see. We talked on relationships. One of the best things, I, oh, thank you. One of the best things I thought that I heard is I'm not going to sacrifice the good things in my life to alcoholism. Because I, if you're like me, I have a lot of good things in my life. Um, you know, as traveling and, and friends that I want to see, family. And uh, I thought that was, uh, I've not heard that put that way. Um, so let's see, we talked about growing relationship with higher power. Um, and one person said they believe more, they see more now that they are in the program. Uh, let's see, what else I have here? Oh, and, and one person said uh, on the question, what do I want with my relationships? And um, one person said, let it be what it's going to be. To let go and just let it, you know, let God take care of it. Um, I, I have that one, too, also just more serenity in my relationships. And another person said, only me can make me happy, um, and that, which I think is, is true. Um, and then I, we were done pretty quickly with our questions, so we just kind of had like a mini meeting, and it ended up being discussing boundaries and, and um, different uh, problems or um, different techniques we'd use to set, uh, set boundaries in relationships. And I guess that's about all, all I have. So, thank you. How about some fudge? Good morning, everybody. I'm Penny. And I'm a Kansas City girl, too. <laughs> Smithville, Al-Anon, we're there Friday at noon, Tuesday at 7. We'd love to see you. Anyway, here we are. I wasn't sure what the heck I was supposed to do here. So uh, what I did was I just took the kind of the topics and then wrote some of the things that came to mind as people were speaking. And so I'll just deliver a couple of those. So uh, the first lady talked about traits for a healthy relationship. And the first thing she said was, don't take yourself personal or don't take don't take things personal. And I thought that was great because that's one of the big things I do to slaughter 
my serenity is take everything that comes out of everybody else's mouth personal. You know, it's about me. And half the time it's nothing about me, you know. But that's, like uh, Larcine said, that's what the disease of alcoholism has done to me. It makes me think everything's about me, and it's always usually negative. And I go there real fast and real quick. Uh, boundaries uh, in relationships uh, have boundaries. Say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. And that's a, I, I like that one. I like to be able to... Uh, keep my integrity and not compromise myself, but do it in a in a fashion that's respectful. But, you know, that's what I need to have. Uh, one of the other questions was judgment of others. Uh, which character defects do I judge in others? You know, I guess the more harshly. Uh, one of the questions that came to me with this was, does, is this person mirroring me? Is this something I need to look at because it's affecting me so strongly? Could this possibly be something, I, you know, the spiritual axiom? If it's disturbing me, then it's me, not, not out here. Uh, then a questionnaire, it was kind of hard for everybody, but how do, you, how do your preferences differ from your spouse's? And, uh, okay, so... Some of the questions that came up for me were, do I impose my ideas on my spouse about style? I mean, and this was talking specifically about style, food, that kind of thing. You know, do I impose, like if I want to eat healthy, do I just, you know, demand and uh, turn into a dictator about what we're eating in the home? You know, do do I try to make him dress the way I, you know, I think and vice versa, this kind of thing. You know, how, how do I deal with the differences in my home? And I'm kind of in the middle of that, but I won't go into detail. My sponsor knows all about it. So <laughs> she's here. I know you're dying to hear it, but sorry. Um, OK, how OK, here's the uh, next question. How do I react to negative emotions? And uh one of the things that was said was, do I let it be theirs or do I take it on and then run with it? You know, what do I do with that? Uh, and how has Al-Anon helped me to to not get carried away with that, to put that down and not take responsibility, you know, not pick that up and have, be responsible for it? Uh, okay, next question. Hot flash. Okay, where where are you? You agreed to this. Okay. Which brings me to, am I more or less trusting of people now? So, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I just needed fanned, lady. Remember? We agreed. Okay. Am I more or less trusting than I used to be? Okay. Uh, and some of that that came up was, you know, the extremes. I trust nobody. I trust everybody and, and just gut myself everywhere I go and, and give it all away before I even know if, if this person's safe or trustworthy. And uh, kind of what most of us have learned, you know, are learning or probably in all kinds of different stages is uh, for me, I had I've had to learn to be patient with that process and and, you know, not just hand myself over before I know where somebody's coming from or, or if they are a trustworthy person. And also to not, you know, refuse to even come out of my comfort zone at all. You know, I mean, 
I, one of my best things, and I thought this was serenity. I, see, I had isolation and serenity mixed up, you know. And, um, and I didn't know that. It was cool with me. Go home, pull the blinds, lock the door, shut the phone off. Safe, you know. So anyway, I'm learning more about, uh, you know, discerning, you know, just, just how far I can go and keeping myself safe. You know, while I'm learning if you're safe or not and not feeling guilty about that. I mean, I need to learn that. That's OK. I don't have to feel guilty because I'm not giving my whole self away to you. Uh, and something uh, somebody else said was uh, not trusting, uh, you know, stay away from me because I don't want you to hurt me and I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to deal with it. You know, that was a preface for my isolation. It was just easy. And I think. That's it. I want to share one more thing, though, from last night, uh, last night's deal. One of the and I forgot your name back there in the pink shirt, Alatine. She had she got an index card, an empty index card. And she held it up and she said, this is a day. And she said, but what I get into is the whole calendar. You know, that was just such a visual for me for keeping this one day at a time. I loved it. So I've been telling everybody that. And I probably ate up my two minutes. I'm out of here. <laughs> Could we have molasses? Molasses? Slow as molasses? All right. Hi, I'm Rosemary. Um, we had some questions from Chapter 1, and uh, so I'll just go through the questions and tell you some of our responses. Uh, one of them was, what positive qualities do I contribute when I interact with others? And uh, some of the things that people in my group said is that they were trying to replace positive uh, communication with negative communication and that they were trying to laugh more and have empathy and compassion for others. And another question that we had was, how would I like my relationships to develop? And um, one person said, well, through the changes in the program, um, she could see a transition in her family where some of the family members were really not accepting the new behavior. And so she saw that they were resisting um, things that she would say or do. And so uh, she was working on more conditional love and using less control with her family. And then another person uh, said, well, um, actually, she was just trying to contribute something good to any experience she had so that the people would remember what she contributed to it. It wasn't necessarily anything monetarily, but it could have been encouragement. It could have been something she did for people to remember her, and that would contribute to developing the relationship in a better way. Uh, the next question was, what positive qualities do I contribute when I interact with others? And, again, it was kind of similar, listening, empathy, sharing, and making memories with people. And what are some of my favorite things to do? And one of the people said, you know, she felt that her big thing was speed. She realized that she really needed to slow down. And she thought maybe the speed came from fear. 
And so she was looking for things in her life that would slow her down. And so some of the things that she liked to do were quiet things. Like um, she got a lot of peace from sitting, you know, in church or at home with the dog on her lap uh, or maybe going on a nature walk, um, just trying to do a lot of things that would, would kind of quiet her down instead of keeping herself, you know, all revved up and just trying to do things more quietly and slowly. And that was a big thing she was working on. And another question was how healthy are relationships in my life? And that was like the moment of truth. A lot of people realize that, you know, their relationships really might not be as healthy as they should be. And that's why they're in the program. And um, that they were working with a lot of fear and jealousy and um It was hard for them to just wait. You know, the control would be coming out. They would be getting up, getting upset. And so what they decided is they really needed to sit down and make a plan to overcome, you know, their reactions. And another thing was to get a sponsor and be sure and talk things over with a sponsor. That would be a good thing. Um. To do, And then the last question was, how have my ideas about my higher power changed? And uh, the actual reality there was that, you know, because Al-Anon is such a spiritual program, people had come from maybe um, home lives where people were out to get them or God was out to get them. And so here they came and learned about a new higher power that was merciful and loving. And so they were able to shed their images of the old God that they had, if they had any visions of an old God, and take on a new God that was, you know, totally different and and just loving, merciful, forgiving, and that we could you know, emulate that in our own lives to make our lives better. And that's it. Cashew. (laughs) Hi, I'm Ray. Uh, Unfortunately, I was unsuccessful in getting a spokesperson for today. I did have one last night who did not return this morning. So I have, don't have a whole lot to offer other than uh, I was very impressed with my group. I think their, uh, their sharing was uh, extremely open and honest. Uh, we filled, pretty much filled the entire time, in fact, uh, right up to the minute. And uh, that's about all I have to offer. Thank you. Chocolate whip. Sounds very kinky. (laughs) Thank you for the warm introduction. Uh, I'm uh, I'm Jerry. Hi, y'all. Um, we were in a group. We had the best group, by the way. 
uh, we talked about a bunch of different things. This is from the chapter two uh, questions. Um, how can we be more direct? And uh, it's interesting on most of these questions, a couple of comments said, well, you know, you look at these questions and they you can either go negative, think of all the negative things on these questions or the positive things. And being who we are, we immediately went to the negative. <laughs> uh, and uh, but but gradually coaxed our way back to the to the positive side of uh, of these questions. Like, how can we how can we be more direct? Well, you you think, well, I'm. Gee, I'm always focused on the needs of others, and um, therefore being direct is very hard. But if you think about it, um, you, you're in the program, you realize your responsibility, you have responsibilities to yourself as well as to, uh, to, to others. And uh, it's hard. And uh, just, just to being able to think about it is a, uh, is a good thing. We talked about, uh, there was a question on different styles. Uh, and how how do these styles differ between you and your partner? And we had a whole number of of things, including the the famous cookbook versus throw in the spices and let they be what they may. Um, and you'll see that with the chili, by the way. Uh, but we talked about and we also talked about uh, traits. Um, traits we like and traits we dislike and a couple comments of well going back to the directness we really ought to, we like people who are direct as opposed to to indirect we like people with senses of humors uh, rather than uh, people frowning and uh, and moaning all the time uh, but positives uh, is what we're talking about and how do we react to negative emotions? Well, as, uh, it's a challenge to react. And uh, everybody thought the, the waiting the 28, sec- um, 28 seconds or however long is necessary is, a, uh, is a really a good, uh, good thought. And we talked about uh, traits and judging in, uh, of, uh, of thoughts and and we came, we came to the conclusion that we judge. We can, we can be judgmental in terms of some actions. We do not want to judge people. Some traits and people we like. Some, well, we don't like. We'd rather just leave them. But uh, it's really not a. It's also really just not a judgmental thing. It's if if I don't like particularly like a trait, well, I'll just uh, just pass on it. And uh, last thing we talked about is trust and how much of a balance it is. You'd like to, you certainly like to trust somebody who's looking you in the eye, but uh, some there's this, depending on their track record, uh, not always uh, not always doable. And uh, we talked about a lot more things, and we'll, we can save those for later. Thank you. Peanut. Oh. <laughs> Got some frisky peanuts out there. Um, <laughs> hi, my name's Joe, and I'm a grateful member of Al-Anon. And we had questions from Chapter 1. And um, let's give you a little bit of high points. Um, one question says, how healthy are the relationships in my life? 
And the person basically said, you know, I'm in healthier relationships today, but I'm also healthier in them. And I and that was nice. And um, um, what am I doing to grow and mature? And uh, we heard a great story that you had to be in our group to hear. And um, (laughs) but I'm allowed to say, you know, I'm willing to get out of the way, get my part out of the way. And I'm willing to keep it simple and to show up. And um, and um, one of the questions was, if I weren't so worried about what others were doing, what would I do? And the consensus was we had no clue. <laughs> it, um, it sounded the, the prospect sounded boring. Um, <laughs> like, why would you do that? So anyway. <clears throat> um, and then one of our members, the question was, what's your favorite thing to do or what's one of your favorite things to do? And um, it ended up being a story about being in the line at Starbucks and the drive through and the machine was broken and they're waiting for five minutes. But the point was the snowflakes were falling on the windshield and just how beautiful the snowflakes were. And that, you know, as even as adults, sometimes it's in the program. We're just for the first time realizing some of the simple beauty in um and um, and I thought, God, only in Al-Anon would we have this grateful story about being stuck in line with somebody who doesn't know how to work the cash register. You know, like, well, my favorite thing to do is to be stuck in the snow with somebody who doesn't know how to make coffee in front of me. <laughs> um, and how has my um, I didn't write the whole question down, but it's something. How is my relationship or how has my view of my higher power changed? And. Um, and the one person said, um, I didn't have to have a different, you know, some people have to get a different higher power when they come in the program. And this person said, I didn't have to get a different God, but I had to have a different relationship with God. And um, and the other person, you know, shared how their childhood God was God will do miracles for anybody but us. Our family's got to fend for ourselves, you know, and that transfers into the program where the steps and. This program will do miracles for others, but as an individual, I can still say, but me. And that was so cool that those two comments came together because for the second person, all we had to take was the but me off the end of that belief. And it didn't have to change the childhood God. You just had to get inside the circle, you know, because even some of us that had a loving gods didn't love us, you know. Um, And... um, how would I like a relationship to develop and, um, you know, as God wants or um, I want to I want to participate. You know, people said they want to participate in the relationships they're in and not manage or supervise or direct or whatever. And then also saying that, you know, relationships are more than just um, that one person I'm focused on. You know, there's that whole story about the man in the flood and God's going to take care of me. And the boat comes by and he says, you know, God's, you know, no, thanks. God's going to take care of me. And then the helicopter. And then God finally says, you know, I sent five boats, you know, a log and a helicopter. I don't know what you're waiting for. And so I want to be I want to be open to receive love where it is and not where I'm trying to find it, not just where I'm trying to find it. So that was um, I'm the morning peanut. And then we'll have a different person in the afternoon. Thanks. Okay, um, we're going to go ahead and and, um, 
and stop the sharing right now, but we'll resume it in this afternoon session. And um, just, I know we're going to get going, but can I just have a... Hi, everybody. I'm Larsine. And first of all, I really want to thank the Alateens for their enthusiasm and all the stuff they did today. I think, you know, Alateen is a part of Al-Anon, and that you guys support them that you do, I think, is a real testament to you guys. But unless you have enthusiastic Alateens who can help carry the message to the other kids that suffer from this family disease, and you guys have a really good group there, and I just want to thank them for everything they did. Really nice. Um, I also want to uh, say how much I enjoy breaking out in the groups, you know, the the real meat of this program to me, you know, is, is being in meetings and being with people and, and hearing what people have to share because it gives me a different perspective, you know, to look at the things, you know, that I'm thinking about and feeling about. And one more time makes me feel, you know, a special part of this group. And, you know, and, and, and I do live in California and that's where my home group is and all that. But, but I know I could come to St. Louis and, you know, and be just as welcome and feel just as comfortable. And I really want to thank you guys for that and uh, for welcoming me as you have. Um, again, this is the second part of the workshop. Again, it's not what I do. Um, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm and, and the second part of, you know, the choices part for me and the relationship thing for me is the higher power thing. I had a big discussion with God this morning, you know, that he's always getting me in these jams that I don't want to be in and, uh, you know, never say no to a commitment and, uh, you know, but then, you know, you know, I always, you know, I am so grateful when I came here that there was no God. There was just no God for me. I just didn't have a God, wasn't brought up with a God, and uh, and didn't have much faith in a God in, in the world that I was living in. I, I didn't see how that could possibly be. And, um, you know, and the relationship that I have with a higher power today is just absolutely amazing. I am very, very tight with my God uh, today, and I discuss everything. Um, I, I tell him what I want him to know. Yeah, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I know that about me now. And um, but uh, when I was talking with God, you know, it's just, you know, please help me carry the message the way you would have me carry it, because I really want you guys to know this is not my message. You know, I just get to be a messenger again. Everything good or anything good that you hear that helps you has really come from somebody else. It is not it's it's not my original thought. And um, and, and and it's always my intention, as I say, you know, without fail every day. I turn my will and my life over to the care of God. I can't imagine living that way anymore without it. And, and I don't want to. I absolutely don't want to because I like my life. When, when I give it to God, it gives me the shot at having, a, at having a good life. And I am so, so grateful for that. So, again, I kind of broke it down into a couple little different sections. You know, and the first thing, you know, um, you know getting okay with my God and... Uh, and, and, and my initial thing when I got here, and of course, and if you're new and you sit here and, you, and you're doing the steps, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you know, the first step. You know, I'm powerless over alcohol. My life has become unmanageable. Okay, I'm, I'm there. You know, uh, and then, you know, you're, you know, come to believe that a power greater than myself. And, uh, you know, right away, I'm not doing step two. And, uh, and, but I, I tell them at the meeting I'm going to do step two. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you guys. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, it's not going to happen because I can't turn my life over to something I don't believe in, you know, and, uh, and all the things that have made me doubt God's existence. And I, and I, and I want you to know um, I'm going to say God a lot because that's what I call my higher power. You know, so if I'm going to share with you honestly, then I got to share with you what I call. And it's just because that's what's comfortable for me. God's name to me is God. And uh, and that's what I call. And I don't know. And in my in, in my head, I have him as a man. I don't know why. Again, I got a card. Have a have God. Man, don't ask me. OK. 
a lot of training in that one. So, um, but, um, but, but often when I think about God, I really just think about a universal good that exists in all of us. That's a, a resource that's available to all of us. And, um, but anyway, um, you know, but there were a lot of things. And, and another thing I want you to know, too, is I don't intend to be up here and try to explain God to you. You have to find that out for yourself, how you have to find that out. You know, I love it. You know, it's God as I understand him. It's God as you understand him. It's not how God as I understand him and then how you interpret that. You know, and for a lot of, for a, a lot of years in this program, I, I, I went by faith on your God, by the people in the meetings that I went to. I believed that they believed and I wanted what they had, so that was enough for me to kind of go, go along those lines. So I want you to know, you know, because I can't explain God. I don't know anybody that really can, and I don't really need, I don't, I just is not necessary for me anymore. I read sometime one time, you know, that if you have uh, faith, you know, if you believe in God, no miracle is necessary, and if you don't, no miracle is sufficient. You know, and I really have come, you know, again, that's your own personal journey that you have to go on, that you either believe or you don't believe. And, um, you know, and, 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 and my thing for God, too, you know, in the beginning was cause I, because I was, um, uh, you know, I gave God many opportunities to work in my life, you know, or so I thought. You know, as a kid, I'm like, if there's a God, then how come he lets, you know, parents, you know, like, like my dad, I always would wonder, why would someone go to the trouble to marry somebody, have kids, and then treat them like crap and make them feel bad about themselves? What the heck is that about? And then how come you go to school and then you see some other kid whose parents are there and love them and hug them and do all this stuff for them, you know, and, and you don't have that going on at your house. Where is God and all that? You don't get to pick your parents. You don't get to pick the situation that you're in. And uh, and so, you know, and so that's when I started pushing God, you know, again. And as as I heard shared in our workshop, you know, that we had earlier today, you know, when we broke up into our group, you know, yeah, there's a God, but he's there for you, not for me. You know, he does that stuff for you because I guess you're worthy and, and I'm not. And I don't know where, what I did as a little kid to piss God off, but I obviously did something because this is the situation that I have to be in. And, um, and, and so I would give God opportunities when my husband was drinking. I would say, okay, if there really is a God, make him walk in the door right now. You know, make my husband walk in the door right now. If he's God, what is, what is one little weenie alcoholic, you know, to make him walk in the door right now? And did God ever answer that prayer? You know, no, because he never walked in the door right now. Now, God knows what I would have done if he would have walked in the door right now, you know, because that's what I want. I want a drunken guy in my house right now, you know, so I can make a bad situation even worse. And uh, and so I spent a lot of time yelling at God. Very, very angry at God. Spent a lot of time, you know, calling God every name in the book. This God I didn't even believe in or didn't even know existed or whatever. But again, you know, why, where, how, you know, I can't explain any of it. I just know that, you know, someone had to pay a price. And when you're by yourself, I got to yell at somebody and it's going to be God. And so God was punishing me. That's why I was stuck. That's why I couldn't change anything because God's after me and to get me, you know, because I had this child before I was married and all this other blah, blah, blah. And again, it was all information from nowhere that landed here that became fact for me because I didn't ask anybody if that was true. I didn't go to a minister or a priest or any of that other kind of stuff. I did do all of that on my own and this is my horrible lot in life and that's because that's what uh, that's how God wants it to be for me um, I had a very 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 difficult time with the whole God concept when I came to Al-Anon and um, and and I would listen intently but it just didn't seem to matter what was shared I'm just not going to go there and, um, and and it got explained to me that you know the spiritual part of this program is a very important part of it 
you know, and it's kind of like, you know, you can come here and, and think you're not going to do the God deal, but it's kind of like having cake without sugar. You can eat it, but, you know, it doesn't taste very good. And, uh, you know, but it didn't matter. You know, they could say what they wanted to say. You know, I just wasn't going to go there. You know, and part of it, I know, was fear, fear for all the angry things I had said it at this God, you know, that, you know, for sure would have nothing to do with me because of the things I had said and done. And um, so one time I met my I met this the step study meeting that I went to from the very beginning uh, it was a step study meeting. And I went there faithfully every week. One of my, you know, many of the meetings I went to every week. But that one was was my number one favorite one. And and one uh, when we were doing the steps on a higher power and everybody knew after several months of my coming, you know, I mean, maybe it was even into the first year and I still hadn't gotten the God concept or found a higher power for me. I was still relying on yours. The meeting, you know, was maybe about 15 people. And that did. And they and they and they said that night, Gene was leading the meeting and he said, you know, it was step whatever. He says, but tonight we're each going to talk about our God because Larsine hasn't been able to find a God. So maybe if we all share about how we found our God in this room, maybe she'll be able to do that. You know, very generous of the meeting. I wasn't very impressed with it myself, but, you know, um, after all, I'm the new person. It's the least they can do. I am the most important person there, you know, which is all the crap I ever hear. And uh, and so they all went around and, and, and they shared from the heart and they shared their their God with me, you know, and stuff. And then the meeting was over and, uh, you know, and it was our hour and a half meeting and all that stuff. And when the meeting was over and after we closed the meeting and we said the prayer, Gene came up to me and he said, you know, Larsine, did that did that help you? You know, do you think you can find a God? Because, you know, again, Gene was, you know, you have to find your own higher power here so that you, you know, that you can have a shot at having a good life. You know, and I told Gene, I said, you know, I really very much appreciate everybody's efforts, you know, but I'm, I just, no, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not going to get it. And, uh, and then Gene said to me, you know, Larsine, why God gave you ears? You know, and, and you know how smart, you know, they all are out there all the time. And I knew he was going to say something real smart. And, you know, and so I said, yes, yes, so I can hear what you're trying to tell me. And he goes, in most people's cases, that is true. But in your case, God gave you ears so you'd have something to hold on to while you pull your head out of your ass. And um, now, again, I don't mean to ever imply how meanly, you know, People were to me in this program or whatever. But, you know, there is a huge, huge difference between can't and won't. A huge, huge difference. You know, and I confuse them often. And, um, you know, and that night, you know, it was just, and I had to hear it exactly that way. So that night I went home and I went in my backyard and I, you know, looked up to the sky where again, for whatever reason, that's where my God lives. And I said, you know, my name is Larson Gantner, gave him my address and my phone number, you know. (laughs) Because he doesn't know where I live. I, you know, I've never really did, you know, the most, that was the most, my first attempt at an absolutely sincere, unselfish prayer was, they tell me that I have to have a higher power in my life and I don't know how to do this. And frankly, I'm scared to death of you if you do exist, you know, and then if you do, how come you've left me alone for so long? Not knowing anything about I never saw it or did any of those kinds of things. So all I'm asking for is that you, you know, show me what I'm supposed to do. But be very gentle with me because I'm super sensitive. I could run easily, you know. And again, there's all because that's all these all these things. I always start out with really sincere prayer, and then I got to put a lot of little notes on them and stuff like that. 
because, you know, like they say, be careful what you pray for, you know, and stuff like that. You know, that's when when I when when people tell me they're praying for patience. Oh, don't don't. No, no, don't do that. You're going to get more patience practice than you want. Trust me. Trust me on this. God, hears the prayer. and Boy, he's right on top of it, you know, and I absolutely positively do believe that. And so and so I ask you to ask yourself, you know, the, the things that make you doubt God's existence, you know. And again, I know there's a lot of things that go on in the world that are totally, you know, why? Why does this happen? You know, and I can't believe in a God that lets a building catch on fire so little kids can die, so someone can learn a lesson from this side. I don't understand any of that kind of stuff. And and what I've come to learn here is, you know, is God doesn't let those things happen. We, we live in a world that has physics and science involved, you know, and two things can occupy the same space and you know and if you're going to get in an automobile and uh, and drive drunk you know you might be killed that's just a fact of what goes on those are that's a choice that you make anytime you do anything and uh, getting up every day walking out on the ice you know doing whatever no, you know again I can't explain any of it it's just we have to live in the laws of nature in order for us to be able to live God made a world for us that could support our life you know, and that comes with nature and that comes with rain and that comes with sun and it comes with all the things that we need to sustain life here. You know, and um, and I don't think God has anything to do with with those bad things that go on or anything. I think God mourns and is saddened as much as we are by things that happen. Um, you know, alcoholism. Why do people get sober and some people don't? How come my husband gets sober and yours didn't? You know, is it that I say the extra prayer that you missed out on? You know, or anything. And what I've come to know is that I don't have anything to do with that. I believe prayers help. I have absolutely no doubt about that. I have a strong, strong faith, you know, in the power of prayer, only because it brings me closer to a God and reminds me, you know, that there is somebody in charge. And though I may not understand the outcome, you know, again, there is a bigger plan that I can't see. And, um, you know, and and what's the worst that can happen? You know, if they can die. And it happens all the time. You know, my sister's dead behind the disease of alcoholism. My father's dead behind the disease of alcoholism. You know, how come they had to die, but my husband gets to get sober? Who gets to pick and choose all this? You know, it's not. My husband got sober because he made a decision to do so. You know, and then he does the things that he needs to do to maintain that sobriety. That's why he gets to be sober. You know, I hear people say, but for the grace of God. You know, I, I don't believe that. I think it's but for the acceptance of God's grace. Because I think God's grace is available to every single person in this room. It's whether or not you're willing to accept it and then go down that path that gives you those opportunities. Um, you know, and then when I came, you know, coming to believe in a higher power, um, you know, you know, I did that thing in the backyard. OK, God, OK, that started the journey for me. It doesn't matter, you know, and, and uh, um you know, my favorite line in, you know, I, I read the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, because I think it's kind of interesting. It's their story. And, you know, and, uh, you know, and it's like um, General Patton reading Rommel's book. You know, he was the German general. You know, you got to know what they're thinking. What's, what's up with the alcoholics? So I, I recommend reading the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous because you know what you're dealing with. And uh, but my absolutely favorite, favorite line in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And there's a line in there and it says, God does not make too hard terms on those who seek him you know and that's to me just the most phenomenal thing you know because there's not 
There is just not two hard terms if, you, if, you, if you're willing to seek. There's not all the stuff I have to do. That's not the relationship that I have with the higher power today. I believe that my God wants me to be happy, joyous, and free. He wants me to be as maximum service to him and to my fellows, however that is laid out to me to do on a, on, on a daily basis. But there is not, though, I must do this, I must do this, I must do this to have God's love. You know, I read in another book that there is nothing I can do to make God love me anymore, and there is nothing I can do to make God love me any less. You know, it's, that's just the one thing that is a constant in my life is God's love. And uh, but, you know, I started this journey with God and it started out, you know, OK, 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 here we go. You know, and so I'd like to test God. I don't know how you guys are. I just love to test God's will for me, you know, because there's Larsine's will. And then there's what I'm supposed to do. You know, I mean, I, that's always what's going on. And I am responsible and I take my responsibilities seriously, but I want to do what I want to do. And uh, and when I was, um, you know, in this first part of Al-Anon and, you know, and doing this God thing and I was working and I had the kids and, you know, and I had this full-time job. And so a lot of times I was close enough at home that I could go home at lunch and get some things done for home stuff, you know, to get that out of the way. And, but then, you know, then I started thinking, okay, well, you know, why don't I just do something for me instead? So I would say, okay, God, if the God, if, if when I go out at lunch, if the car, if the car turns right, I'm going to go home and take care of my chores. If the car turns left, I'm going shopping to get the shoes. And, uh, cause I'm a, I'm a shoe person. And, um, uh, so anyway, and miraculously, day after day, car turns right, car turns right, car turns right, you know, and, and I'm getting shoes. So I'm happy, you know, and, and obviously this is what God wants for me. And I'm sharing it at the meetings. This is my big spiritual story. You know, I give God, you know, he can make the wheel go. You guys told me, you know, blah, 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 you know, and again. And, and so and then one day, I don't know, a couple of months into this, um, I go out and it's raining and uh, and I parked in this different area of my parking lot because it was I got to work late and I had to park kind of in the, and part of my wheels had fallen over the concrete part into the dirt part. And so um, I uh, go to back up, but I'm stuck in the mud. And uh, and I can't get up and I can't go in and I can't go out, you know, because after I did God go right, go left. Well, God decided we ain't going anywhere. And uh, <laughs> and that's what got again one more time, you know, and, and and maybe this is the games that I had to play with myself to find a God that I could get comfortable with. But when I was playing, the OK, you go right, you know, or left, if we're going to go home, you go right, if we're going to go do what I want to do. And that day when I couldn't go anywhere, I also got the message. You know, that God telling me, stop playing with me. You know, it isn't about, you know, th- this trivial stuff. You know, and that's how I, I, I want to make it be on that side, maybe that simple of a level so that I can understand it. But my God is way much bigger than that, and he really doesn't care about the shoe game. And, uh, and again, th- the way that I had to learn that for me. I mean, I have parking issues all the freaking time. I mean, I don't have, yeah, I, driving, I am wonderful. Parking, that's where God is always talking to me and always helping me out. I had a lot of issues, uh, with, with bars because my husband drank at bars. I didn't like bars. And, uh, one night I'm coming home from my meeting and I'm out of gas. So I pull into this gas station to get gas. Well, uh, this pump it was broken or something was wrong with it, so I had to swing my car around. And as I go to swing my car around, there is a huge curb there that you cannot see. And, and my front tire went off the curb, you know, and so I'm hanging like in air off of this curb. This is not good. And, uh, and so, um, so I get out of the car and I go to the gas station attendant. And the guy goes, yeah, it happens all the time. Uh, you know, well, thank you. And, you know, but it's one of those, you know, he's in a cubicle. That's all he knows, you know. So I go call Auto Club because obviously I'm going to need a tow truck or somebody to get me off this ledge. And, um, 
And, and I call Auto Club. Yeah, they'll send somebody out. And I call my husband. Now, he's at his AA meeting. And, again, um, uh, he doesn't have a cell phone. And, you know, he's at his meeting. And so I leave a message on my home machine. And um, so I'm waiting for Auto Club. Nobody comes from Auto Club. I'm standing by my car. Well, right by this gas station is the Frontier Bar. I hate the Frontier Bar. This is an evil place. Many bad. This is one of those little pissy bar places and stuff like that. So this guy comes out of the back of the Frontier Bar. And he walks over to me and he says, you know, are you know, people, are, are you okay? And I go, no, my car's falling off, but, you know, it's okay. I've called Auto Club and my husband, you know, I'll be all right. And he's going, oh, no, no. And so he walks back into the bar, brings everybody out of the Frontier Bar. Half of them are drunk as skunks. And they try to pick up my car. I had like 16 drunks trying to pick up my car and put it on the curb for me. Well, while all these guys are around my car, here comes my husband, you know. <laughs> and he's like, what have you done? What are you doing to these poor guys, you know? <laughs> it was absolutely crazy. And, uh, and then and another incident I had again, we were uh, getting our taxes done and... Um, and I just have lots. You just have to know how much trouble I get in parking. It's just a, if you knew all my history about it, you would understand. But I, but we're getting our taxes done. And, and again, a parking lot, it's all, they're breaking it up. So part of it's broken. I pull in and I hit something. As soon, my husband was already there meeting me because he, he met me from his work. And so his truck is sitting there. I pull in and I hit this in, but I wasn't sure what it was. But my husband, and it's a parking thing, so I'm not going to say anything because he gets all upset about my parking stuff. So I just kind of walked around the front of the car, but I didn't see anything. So I thought, I don't know. It's, I guess it's okay so we went and we did our taxes we come out he storms he goes off to go you know gets in his truck goes home i get in my car go to back up and i'm dragging something so and if you've ever thought about running over your alcoholic this is what it would feel like i know this is because you know you're like it was dragging a body or something and what had happened is the big parking you know one of those rock things you know or whatever you know it had the the because they've been chewing it up the rebarb that was in it was sticking out had and I had a little hole in the bottom of my car where that thing just I, it was like threading a needle I couldn't have done it again on a bet you know and it was just right up against the radiator you know and I'm thinking how I can you know, I'm, and I'm thinking well if I go forward you know how I because I can't get this thing out of there's no way I can get this thing out of my car so I call him now my husband has his cell phone I call him on my cell phone you know it's only been two minutes you have to come back why um yeah you don't want to know you know it's just whatever and uh, so he comes back and, you know, and he looks underneath there and he just shakes his head and he goes, how does this stuff happen to you stone cold sober? That's all I want to know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm off on the parking thing. But um, but, you know, again, you know, all this stuff, you know, it, it all has to do with stuff happens all the time. It just plain old happens. It doesn't matter. You know, that I said my prayers that morning or I didn't say my prayers that morning. You know, it just it just happens. What it, the thing is, is when I get in situations, there's a God available to me right here, right now that I can use. God, you know, give me the courage to call my husband because I know he's going to give me crap, you know, about the parking thing again. I don't know what it is about me and parking, but it's just what goes on. And, um, you know, and, it, and uh, you know, another big issue that happened for me uh, was when my sister was killed. And um, I was in Al-Anon, I'm going to say nine years. And, uh, and my sister has uh, always had a lot, a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol. And uh, it was still painful for me because it's my sister that's um, uh, 13 months younger than me. So we were super, super close. And, um, and she could never quite get it. And um, 
And then just around Christmas time, uh, my mom called me to tell me that my sister had been killed in an automobile accident. Um, she was up in Oregon, and um, and uh, and there was drunk driving. She was the drunk driver, and uh, it was a single car accident. And thank you. See, my sponsor always says you're either the person with the Kleenex or the person that needs it. You never know. And uh, and uh, uh, and they were in a fight. You know, everybody was in a fight in the car. You know, all the drama that goes on with all that crap. And um, and she got thrown from the car and squished by the car because it ran back over her. It, it was awful. And um, and but my sister at this point has a huge history, a horrible history. I mean, she's just got a lot of stuff. She's always getting arrested. She's always going to jail. She's always getting in huge, huge jams. And uh, one time I went to court with her and she'd given so many names. You know, the judge went Lucy Brewer, Lucy Smith, Lucy Jones, Lucy this. Will the real Lucy please stand up? I mean, you know, that's just she was that was just her. And um so anyway, this, you know, and, and because she had this big history and she was such a liar about everything, because, again, where the disease of alcoholism took her all the time, always these huge, humongous stories about why these things happen. You know, that I made my husband call up to Oregon and call up to the city that uh, she was in to talk to the police to make sure that it wasn't a lie. And that uh, and then he told her, you know, the police chief told my husband that, yes, my sister was killed. And I cannot tell you the pain because I prayed for my sister all the time. And I really just totally felt abandoned by God. Uh, that this prayer for my sister wasn't answered. And um, you know, and I went in the bathroom and I just fell to my knees and I just, you know, I was just and all I said was God help me because that's just how I felt. I just didn't know what else to do. And I absolutely had this just moment of clarity. And I really believe that God came to me, and it's the only time that it has ever happened to me. And it wasn't, it was just a, a, just a voice in my head, and it was just a total peace and calm that came over me that just said, your sister's okay. No more, no less. She's just okay. And I just had that, you know, it wasn't God, please make her be alive again, or ask her, you know, God, to do something that's impossible to ask. It was just... You know, it was just that instant relief that I did ask God for help and that he told me my sister was okay. And um, and then I went right back. You know, I had that moment of, of peace, but then I went right back into the whole deal again. And, uh, you know, but I know that my sister's okay. I don't know how else to tell you that. I just know that she is exactly where she is, you know, as a matter of choices that she made. You know, and if I'd have made the same choice to do the same thing, the same thing wouldn't have happened to me. And, uh, you know, and my, as my sponsor likes to tell me, and it gives me a lot of peace to know all the time that God doesn't take people. He just simply receives them. And uh, and I'm very, very, very grateful to know that as well. And... Um, You know, and those are the things, you know, that it had me come to believe in a, in a, in a, in a, in a power that is, you know, way greater than myself. And um, I now, excuse me, making a decision to turn my will, you know, my life over to the care of a higher power on a daily basis, you know, is because I know that God has a plan for me. I know that God has a plan for you. I don't worry about that whatsoever. Um, no matter what is going on, you know, we talk about unconditional love in these rooms. You know, what does unconditional love mean to you? You know, it means just that, that there's no strings attached to it. And all my life growing up, there was always strings attached to the affection, 
you know, to any of that stuff. I will love you if, you know, that's what I was raised with. If you do this, if you do that, then you will learn love. You know, God will love you as long as you follow all these rules and do all this rules and regulation stuff, you know. And the reality is that unconditional love exists in these rooms. You know, and what I know I have today for my sons, you know, despite, you know, when they have problems is that I do have unconditional love for them. I may not like what they're doing. I may not like the choices that they're making, but I do love them and there's nothing they can do to make me not love them. And I kind of got to learn that from you guys because it never seemed to matter what I would say at a meeting, what I would do at a meeting, that I was loved unconditionally here. You know, like I say, that first meeting when I went to, you know, and said I got him sober, you know, I'm not going to tell you how I did it, you know, and believed it with all my heart. And I'm, and I'm here to tell you, I never felt being judged by anybody in that room at all. What I felt was total, you know, but I know today, though I didn't know it then, was total unconditional love. Because I'm here to tell you, you can say the most stupid things, you can do the most stupid things, you can mess up everything you know about in this program. And when you take it to your home group, they will put their arms around you. You know, they will love you unconditionally and help you get back on the path that you are supposed to be on. But I want to beat myself out of here. I want to think that, you know, I've done everything I've done is so bad, you know, that you guys, you know, you're going to, as soon as you know the real me, you're going to tell me to go away. When in reality, all we really want to know here is the real you. Because that's the person that's worthy of the unconditional love that is offered here. Um, like I say, I know God has a plan for me. Um, it's not always the plan that I think I want. You know, my husband's illness, this is not the path. I didn't think that, you know, 20-something years into sobriety that he would get diagnosed with cirrhosis, of all things. You know, and, and it's just like, you know, okay, God, what is that about, you know? Oh, I know what it's about. It's about my husband sticking a needle in his arm so many years ago or whatever and not knowing anything about it. And even if he had known something about it, my husband would tell you today, if someone said, don't, Butch, don't do that because you're going to get this disease later on after you're sober and you're not going to like it and it's really going to cause you a lot of problems, he still would have stuck that needle in his arm. You know, because that was the choice that he was making at that time. That's the path that he needed to go on. And now we're on another path as a result of that. But one more time, we're not alone. And that's the kicker, because the family disease of alcoholism wants to think that, you know, or wants me to think that my prayers aren't being answered or that I'm not working this program hard enough because I think that because I'm working this program that I get a get-out-of-jail card free all the time with life. If I'm going to participate with you, if I'm going to have relationships with you, then I have to know that sometimes I'm going to get hurt. That's part of the whole package that comes along with how we get to exist on this planet. You know, but, it, but, but the joy from loving you, then I have to give that up if I'm not willing to take the pain that comes along with that as well. You know, and again, that's just the way that it all works. It's just this unconditional love kind of thing that goes on. You know, and I know God is in all things that's going on with me all the time, you know, because I invite him in and I ask him to participate. And I do things I don't normally do and I'm afraid. Doing a workshop is not, again, you know, as you can obviously tell, not something that I do on any kind of a normal basis. But I ask God just to show me the way to go and to help me do the deal here as best as I can. You know, and again, it's his message I want to convey to you, not mine. And, um, you know, we had, an, we had a thing where um, my husband started getting into stars and telescopes and all that other kind of stuff. And, and I like stars, you know, but I'm not into it as much as he is and all that. I mean, they're nice to look at, sparkly little boogers up there. But, you know, I mean, he got the big telescope thing and looking at the moon, and he's always having me come out and look at stuff. And, and it, is, it is fascinating. And they, we had this thing where we were going to have this giant meteorite shower. But we live in Los Angeles, and um, it's this one that comes around like every 80 years or something like that this was like several years ago and um 
And so he decides we're going to go up to um, uh, we're going to go out of out of Los Angeles um, up to um, Palmdale, where it's very dark. And I know somebody from here used to live in Palmdale, so I know they can verify for me. It's very, very dark in Palmdale. There's no lights out there because there's hardly any people. <laughs> there is now. But um, so we we're going to drive up there and we're going to just go somewhere in the woods. You know, and put out lawn chairs and look up at this stuff. And uh, he gets this other couple to come with us that are in the program. They have a brand-new vehicle. They want to take their brand-new vehicle out there. And so we get to Palmdale, but unfortunately, we don't know our way around. It is now dark because this meteor shower doesn't even start till like, 2.30 in the morning. So this is like midnight. We're doing this thing. And we get there, and I'm just like, I've turned it over to God. I don't know what's going to happen, but this is going downhill real fast. Because there's a lot of fences in Palmdale, even though there's nothing else. And so it's not like you can just drive into the woods. You're on the highway and fence, 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 fence. So anyway, so we're on this big old highway. So he finally finds this place for us to pull over off the highway. You know, but and it's not like there's a ton of traffic, but we're still off of a highway. But I'm into acceptance and I'm in the God's will, I guess. You know, this is where we're supposed to be. So we'll look at. So we lay our lawn chairs all out there by this fence. You know, highways here, cars whooping by. And so and so, and we're looking up and all of a sudden this this car pulls in by us. And there's a big gate there, which I had noticed before. And, and this is some big land conservancy thing that's here that, again, we didn't know anything about. And so um the guy says to us, he, he says, hey, are you guys friends of Bill? I'm like, God, do we have it written on our face or what? You know, I mean, it's just like, you know, but again, these are the miracles that you hear happen all the time. You know, we find each other all the time, you know, and I mean, they got a new vehicle. There's not a bumper sticker or anything on there. You know, I have no idea how this guy's know this. And we're like, yeah, we are, you know, and these guys go, he goes, okay, well, come on up, you know, and he, and he goes, you know, because we're a bunch of us are here for the meteor shower, you know, and so, you know, and so-and-so is, you know, the, you know, he, this guy that's opening the gate, he happens to be the, uh, like, uh, like the manager of the place, you know, and so come on up, you know, and we drive up there, you know, and he, you know, park wherever you want up here. And it's beautiful. You're on this like bluff thing. There's no cars, pitch black. The meteors are starting. It's spectacular. People are coming left and right. You know, they're all driving up there, all of this part of this group. And then this other guy comes up. Guess what? That's Bill. <laughs> Who we said we were friends with. <laughs> Bill doesn't know us from crapola. <laughs> so then we get into the giant explanation of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bell and Lois Wilson and da 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 da. You know, and they finally ended up letting us stay, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, to me, those are the ways that, you know, and, and my whole life, I think God was always, always, always there. But I never recognized God being there. You know, because I was so caught up in the anger, so caught up in the frustration, so caught up in that God doesn't love me and God doesn't care about me, that I never saw all the ways that God was there for me. You know, I always, like my sponsor said, you know, you always had a job. You always had a roof over your head. You always had food to eat. Your kids are healthy. So many things, and I couldn't see any of it because of the alcoholism. You know, and now God is just everywhere. I look at all of you guys. You know, I look at the snow, the cold. You know, God touches everything that touches us. You know, and there's only good in that. And that's what I try and look for. And, um, you know, every night I end up, you know, I talk to my God every night before I go to bed. I pray for people. I still very much believe in that. I just, I, I pray for their well-being, you know, when they're sick. I have two lists. There's the people that I pray for and the people that I report to God. Because I report people to God. 
There are people that need flaming reporting to God, you know. There just are. And I'm just like, do you know what this guy is doing over here? Because somebody needs to do something for this. You know, and I pray for all my friends who have children that are suffering from the disease of alcoholism because I know the pain of that. You know, and one more time, I just ask God just to give them comfort and peace and to let them know the unconditional love that exists in these rooms and and that will exist for you if you just go to that God who will love you unconditionally. It ain't about making it happen the way you want. And when you think that that's the answer to prayers, that's where, for me, I was always disappointed because I think I want a specific, I don't know what the answer is. But I know that God loves me unconditionally. I know he loves my husband unconditionally. I know our life is going to go down the path that it's going to go. And he's going to take care of us. And when the time comes, he's just going to receive us. You know, and I wish that for you guys with all my heart. You know, that you know that, that, that you are loved unconditionally by God. And you're loved unconditionally by me as well. And I'll report you or I'll pray for you. You know, that's totally up to you today. So... You decide. So I know we're going to break up and do our groups now and all that. So once again, thank you guys for letting me be a part of and share.